Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Finite Podcast, where today I'm joined by Emma Mayer. Emma is Senior Vice President of Marketing at BVNK, a B2B payments platform. Emma's got a lot of experience working in B2B tech, having been on a number of different growth journeys, and we're going to be hearing her story, but also some of her insights around growing B2B tech companies as they go from startups to scale-ups. We'll be covering everything from initially building go-to-market strategies, how demand gen tends to involve investing in MarTech, who to hire first when starting to build a marketing team, and even how marketing can play a role in helping B2B tech scale-ups to fundraise. Happy listening. The Finite community is supported by Clarity, the fast-growing global marketing communications agency working with leading technology brands. We are living through an unprecedented era of change driven by advancements in technology, technology that has the power to be an impetus for good and that will drive us towards a healthier, more prosperous, sustainable and equitable future. Clarity exists to tell the stories of these companies, blending the science of data with the art of storytelling to enact measurable marketing and communications campaigns and deliver results to the bottom line. Visit clarity.global to find out more. Hello, Emma. Thank you for joining me on the Finite podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Very much looking forward to talking. We're going to be kind of diving into your uh, your story, hearing a bit about some of your experiences on the kind of startup to scale up B2B marketing journey. Before we do that, as we always do, I'll let you tell us a bit about your background experience and we'll talk a bit about your uh, your current role on team as well. Yeah, let's get into it. So I've spent the past probably 10 years of my career building and leading marketing teams in the B2B tech space. That's definitely not where I started out. I actually, I grew up in New Zealand. I did my degree in media arts and majored in advertising. So I thought I was going to go down the advertising route and got my first kind of job at a small brand agency. Really did not enjoy that. I found like just as you're starting to sink your teeth into a company or a brand, you're kind of needing to move on to the next project. And one thing I guess I've, I've definitely come to, to learn about myself is that I'm a massive generalist. Um, I don't really like kind of staying in my lane, really kind of enjoy figuring out how businesses work and like really understanding how all the moving pieces fit together. So took my first kind of job at a very small kind of local startup in New Zealand. I got to like set up the brand, the website, all of the e-commerce channels from scratch, answer the phone, do customer support, all of that stuff. And I just absolutely loved it. I definitely found like I'd like found my my calling. So from there, I went and worked at another startup in New Zealand called Educo, which was a comms platform for the education industry. Got to kind of build out the brand and like marketing channels and help them scale into different countries. So that was super, super fun. And I learned a lot. And at that point, moved to London, got a job in a startup here, a fintech called Saitora. I joined that company when it was 10 people and left about 80 people after our Series B. So yeah, again, that was like a, re- a really fun learning experience. And then most recently, spent three years at a company called TrueLayer building and leading the marketing team over there. So they're like an open banking focused payments company. And again, it was like a, a super amazing learning experience. Had a marketing team of about 25 people at, at Trulea. So ended up growing, getting to kind of grow and manage a, quite a big team for the first time. And now I'm at BVNK, the SVP of marketing here. I joined in October, so still, still pretty fresh to the business. But what we do is B2B payments. So we really focus on making cross-border payments super fast and safe and more accessible for businesses. Very cool. I always like to ask when someone spent some time doing formal education. I know obviously advertising is kind of very different from marketing, but do you feel like your advertising degree has contributed to your or laid some foundations for your career? Or Because I've had CMOs on the podcast and VPs of marketing that have done everything from 
been like nuclear physicists at university through to proper formalized you know MBAs with marketing and everything in between or no degree at all I should say importantly too but yeah what's your perspective on the the more formalized education um it, it definitely like helps me build a little bit of a toolkit for like you know what the fundamentals are of like building a brand and like how to do comms in a professional way and like I definitely don't regret it <laughs> Um, but I think I, I would say that I've learned far more like on the job and like actually getting my hands dirty than I ever did doing my degree. So yeah, I mean, it's a worthwhile thing for some people to do, but I definitely don't think it's like an essential thing for people to do if they want to get into, you know, marketing and, and startups. Yeah, makes sense. And tell us a bit about the team kind of structure, size, shape and the marketing team at, at BVNK now. Yeah. So, I mean, we're still a relatively small team. We are about eight people in marketing, but within marketing, we also have uh, design. We also have inside sales, product marketing, content, uh, social and campaigns. So at the moment, we're still really figuring out like how we want to design the team out kind of moving forward. But the way that we're kind of thinking about it is building the team around the customer journey. So we have like a small group of the team that's more focused on brand awareness and acquisition. And then a couple of folks that are more focused on like building the sales pipeline and converting it into customers. And then a segment of the team that's going to be focused on, you know, growing and engaging our current customer base. So that's like roughly how we are we're planning to structure things. Cool. Well, let's dive into the subject. I know that as you alluded to in your intro and your, your kind of bit of background about you, that you've spent a fair bit of time in the kind of that startup to scale up phase of, of B2B tech companies and same in your current role at, at BVNK. What, what, I guess what appeals to you about it? What's What's interesting about that phase of growth for you as a marketer? Yeah, I think for me, it's like the perfect storm of like, <laughs> you're constantly learning and you're like always like a little bit uncomfortable and like outside of your comfort zone, which for me, like I find that I really enjoy and like thrive in those kinds of environments. I think with B2B as well, like you have like six buyers in your buying journey, you know, it's quite like complicated. So you're always having to learn about, you know, new people, like, you know, what do they care about? you know, how does their business work and like what motivates them? And you're just always having to kind of like expand your knowledge of how different things work and how different businesses work. And there's not really like any shortcuts to that. But yeah, I just find it like super, super interesting and just like a great challenge. Yeah. So so for me, I just find that it's like the perfect, perfect place to be. And what does, I guess, day one at like week one, months one, you're all, what, I think you said five, five or six months into the current role at BVNK, but... What's step one of kind of a, I guess, a relatively small marketing team, go-to-market motion still kind of being defined? Where, yeah, was the starting point? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely comes like from, first of all, like understanding your customer and like understanding the product. So normally when I'm like new into a role or a business, I just spend like the first couple of months sitting in as many like customer calls as I can, sitting in as many like sales calls as I can joining like as many different product meetings as I can to like really get under the skin of things and like figure out how how it's all working then from there you can kind of start to build out a bit of like a go-to-market plan so you kind of know what you're selling you know who you're selling it to and like the problems that you're solving for them and like who your competitors are and then you kind of start like the approach I always take is especially in like b2b is like mapping out like what verticals or like niches within the market can you like really win so yeah, instead of kind of like focusing on selling this product to like everyone at once, like maybe there's a couple of industries where you have early signs of product market fit, or you have like some really good revenue signals, 
So it's about like mapping out a plan, like how you're kind of going to go after and, and win those verticals and then kind of scale up from there. So that's that's generally how, how I would approach things. I think like building out a really good understanding of your buyer personas is obviously a really critical first step and then understanding, you know, how you're going to reach them and having a very clear plan about, you know, how you're going to go out and, and communicate to them and kind of get them interested in your product. Yeah, it's a great point about starting small or, ne- or at least carving out your niches and because I think it's uh, particularly in some, I mean, I guess payments is a fairly broad space that lots of uh, lots of companies could benefit from the solution, but that just makes starting with any kind of marketing quite difficult until you start to segment somehow. And I think that's, yeah, you can't be all things to all people. So that's a good, good starting point. What about, um? Well, what, what does your kind of demand gen tend to look like at the start of growth? Like how, how have you seen things evolve as you've, I guess you've gone through a couple of growth journeys so far. Um, I'm sure teams have grown and the way you've done things have have changed somewhat but yeah how have you seen the kind of evolution of demand generation as you've scaled yeah i definitely think it's really important to like focus on nailing one or two channels and like getting really really good at them i think a lot of companies make the mistake of trying to like cover all of the different marketing channels at once and doing like a little bit here a little bit of content a little bit of seo a little bit of events and like not really kind of learning how to do anything particularly well but i found like if you can build up really good kind of muscle and like credibility in one or two channels and scale up from there. It's a lot more efficient. It's a lot more capital efficient. And also like not a lot of people are like doing these things well, right? And really deeply investing in them. So like for example at Saitora, like we got really, really good at like exec events and like doing these kind of like intimate like C level dinners and things like that. And we were so good at it that it became super easy and fast for us to put that together. And then we were able to go and scale up like content as a channel. And like a similar thing at True Layer, right? So I think definitely like in, instead of kind of, yeah, going super broad at the beginning, like focus on just really nailing one or two channels and then building out from there. That's a really good tip. And I think it makes perfect sense. And you've obviously seen it work. But I think something that a lot of marketers will run into is from elsewhere in the business, whether that's founders, CEO, CFO, other pressures, investors saying, but we want all the channels running, we want as many leads as possible and we want them by next month. Well, often there's a pressure to kind of like do more faster. I mean, that's kind of startup life, I guess, but how do you resist that? And because I think there's, there's a lot to be said for less is more. And as you've said, focusing on a couple of things and just doing them really well. And I'm sure quite quickly you've demonstrated that you've got the numbers to show that what you're doing has been effective. But I think there's always this eternal pressure to just like try and do a bit of everything from around the business. Yeah, totally. And you know, like sometimes that approach can pay off. And like, I'm I'm definitely a firm believer in like, you know, moving fast and executing and just trying new things and like, you know, running as many experiments as as you can. But I do think at the end of the day, if you're just generating like a ton of leads and like none of them are converting into like revenue, which is probably like in B2B, if you're like selling, you know, a product to SMEs and you're solving like a particular problem, like you're probably not going to be able to sell to like hundreds of thousands of people, like your total addressable market realistically is not going to be that big and so generating all of these leads and investing like all your time and effort in doing that is probably actually not going to get the result that you're like that your boss wants in the end which is like happy customers and being able to grow at a sustainable pace and I think like obviously early in your career maybe it's harder to push back on those things because you have less like proof points and examples of like you know how things work over time but I think generally with like B2B marketing and even sales, you know, these things take time to build up because you need to build 
credibility and trust and you need these businesses to really like respect you and to you know even have engage in these kind of conversations with you in the first place so I think yeah kind of definitely spending your time to do that and and build out your marketing programs in in a thoughtful way and optimizing for like converting high quality accounts through your sales pipeline versus generating like volumes that probably won't convert like in my experience is always like a much better investment yeah good advice the finite community and podcast are kindly supported by 93x the digital marketing agency working exclusively with ambitious fast growth b2b technology companies visit 93x.agency to find out how they partner with marketing teams in b2b technology companies to drive growth what about MarTech? I know we're jumping around and covering a few different areas here, but I think this is an interesting one because I imagine that your MarTech kind of map at BVNK with a team of eight or so looks pretty different to maybe how you left TrueLair with 25 people and your investment in technology. Yeah, how do you how do you approach it? I mean, I, I guess it's a gradual scaling up of investing in more tech as, as you build the people and processes first, but any kind of themes or things that you've spotted over the years? Yeah, I mean, it really depends on like the complexity of your go-to-market. And I often find like whatever MarTech you're using, you know, it needs to work with the tools that your sales team are using as well. So for example, at, you know, at Trula, we were using HubSpot and that like works for marketing and sales. At BBNK, we're using like the sales team uses HubSpot. Spot, so we use Pardot, which is like the Salesforce app for marketing. I think at the end of the day, like all you really need to be able to do is measure the performance of your channels so that you have good quality data and you can make good, fast decisions based off that data and that you were also able to maintain really good, high-quality touch points with your customers and react to what's happening in real time. So if someone is like showing high intent to buy, that you know, you're know you getting the signal that they've opened the email and they've visited the landing page and they've attended the webinar, so you can act on that information. So I feel like it doesn't really matter like what system you use i would first start with like what are you trying to achieve like what do you need to be able to measure and what kind of interactions do you want to have with your customers and then like build your tech stack around that it's really easy to like sit in a meeting and have someone like sell you you know quite an expensive like marketing automation platform that does all of these cool things but you never end up using them you never like it never brings as much value as you think it's going to bring and like i've actually scaled up like you know a pretty scrappy marketing tech stack using like a Google Excel sheet, Zapier, like a WordPress site. Like you could do a lot. And I think kind of starting out small and just focusing on measuring things and like building your tech stack around your marketing program is is definitely a better way to do it. It is such a funny topic though, because like, I don't think anyone like really does it particularly well or as well as they think they do. So yeah, I would say like, take your time to invest in that stuff. Like, yeah. You kind of want to be creaking at the seams before you invest in the tool. I, that's what I think, you know, having spoken to a lot of senior marketers on the podcast, I think the common theme is like people and process first and technology last. I think we have a tendency to think that technology is like the, the solution to the problem, but actually if, if it's not adopted properly and implemented properly, yeah, it's never, it's never going to have the impact. So yeah, interesting. What about team? I mean, if you were, uh, starting from scratch i spoke to a cmo recently who said interestingly kind of related to martech question but um they said that their first hire would be a marketing operations person which i thought was an interesting theme or yeah with the world moving that way and martech getting more and more complex but and i guess you know the answer is always going to be nuanced and depend a bit on the company and the the go-to-market and the sales motion etc but yeah if you started from 
from ground zero? Is there a, a specific role you would generally lean towards hiring first? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like hire for my weaknesses. So I tend to like hire people that can do things that I'm really bad at or that I can't do first. And I, I think I am definitely like a generalist when it comes to marketing. So I can do like a lot, like I, I can do most of the stuff and kind of get by, but like I'm not a designer. I think design and like and brand and like visual brand is so, so important, especially when it comes to building like credibility and like helping people really connect you know, with your company in like a visual way. So I'm always like hiring designers pretty early. I also think like content and like storytelling is like super important and being able to do that well. And also, you know, being able to like really build out like your presence through SEO is like an important thing to do in the early days. So definitely someone who's really good at content and product marketing. I think product marketing is like an extremely important and potentially like a misunderstood role in in B2B tech today. But for me, it's like, you know, a really critical bridge between marketing, sales and product. And yeah, I just think they bring so much value and like firepower to the team. So those will probably be like my first three hires. But yeah, I mean, ops is really important as well. But yeah, just kind of hiring for the things that you're bad at, I think is a good general rule to follow. Yeah. I feel like your advertising degree is definitely coming through with starting with the designer and the brand. And because there's not, I mean, I think fortunately the B2B marketing world is kind of changing the way it thinks about these things but there's still a lot of b2b brands that really heavily under invest in brand and design and they're not they're not design led by any stretch and they probably have teams i'm sure i've spoken to loads of companies that have teams of 10 20 30 marketers and there's still no in-house designer potentially so it's interesting that i mean I, i'm i'm all for it i think it's i think it's great but is that always been kind of on your list yeah i also think like you know, you can win based on having a great brand. Like if all of the like products in your like market are like relatively similar, like your biggest competitive differentiator can be your brand. And like, that's totally valid. And like some of the biggest, most successful companies in the world, like win on brand. So I think it's kind of silly not to invest in brand, but like, you know, I, I guess, yeah, kind of everyone has a different approach to things, but yeah, I think brand is super important. And like, yeah, I definitely have always thought that. Yeah. What about, the fundraising process. And this is actually something I feel like we don't talk about enough. We've kind of explored it in a couple of episodes before, but marketing's role with fundraising, investment, obviously in a smaller business that's going through kind of a you know, series A, series B funding round, you're a pretty small, small company that size, all hands to the deck. How have you seen marketing play a role? I mean, being design-led is probably a good uh, starting point as well, having a strong brand and a nice pitch deck. Yeah. I mean, funnily enough, like I think... That's maybe the one time where like no one really cares if your design's on point. Like what they want to see is like the, you know, the traction of the business. And I think what's really important in, in fundraising is like your vision, like your mission and your vision for the future. And like, what is the change that you're bringing about in your industry? And like, you know, I think telling that story is like so, so important. And like, I spend a lot of time like with founders figuring out like, what is that narrative? what is the mission and vision and values of this business? And like, why should people, you know, like pl place a bet on us that like, we're going to win this niche or we're going to win this, this market and being able to like tell that story, but connect it to product strategy and make that like part of the story that you're telling through your marketing, through your sales and kind of through your brand campaigns is like super important. And I think marketing, you know, we're so well placed to do that given like our, our skill set as a team. And, you know, like there's definitely an art to it as well because you're 
you're not doing it in isolation. You need to work with different stakeholders across the business from like leadership to commercial to product, work with founders to like really understand why they founded this company in the first place. And like, I think, yeah, that's, I think marketing plays a really critical role in that. And obviously like demonstrating traction as well. And like, like building credibility through PR, like building a sales pipeline, like all of those things marketing plays such a big role in. And yeah, I think it can be like super useful to have involved in the fundraising process. You've been through this a few times now. Are there any challenges you've come across or, or kind of mistakes that you've made, things that you would uh, maybe do differently next, next time? Challenges or mistakes? I think definitely like scaling too quickly in terms of like, you know, team size. I think, yeah, keeping things lean as like as long as you can is a really good thing to do. I think you kind of think at the time, like adding people to like adding, adding more people will solve a problem or like help you move faster. But often it actually does the opposite and it actually really, really slows you down. I think, you know, having a group of people where you can communicate the strategy really easily, cascade information and make decisions fast and like everyone kind of trusts each other and like works well together. That's really hard to do as you add people to the equation. So like, yeah, I definitely think kind of keeping things lean as long as you can. Like I'm definitely like a really big advocate for that. Yeah, I, I definitely like taking that forward with me. Good advice. Yeah, I mean, I think every human you throw into the mix is just another, I guess, cross wire potentially or you know, add some inefficiency in a way. So the longer you can keep things lean, the, the better for sure. We're basically out of time. So I think we're going to wrap there, but that's been super insightful. I feel like we flew through a lot, but I think we've covered some uh, some great topics, albeit not to tons of depth, but I think you've given some really interesting insights. I know lots of our listeners are in a similar kind of category size space from a, a kind of startup to scale up perspective. So I think there's a, a lot of value you've shared. So th- thanks very much. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me That That was really fun. We're super busy at Finite building the best community possible for marketers working in the B2B tech and SaaS sector to connect, share, learn, and grow. Along with our podcast, we host online events, share curated content, and have an active Slack community with members from around the world, including cities like London, New York, Singapore, Tel Aviv, Stockholm, Melbourne, and many more. Head to finite.community and apply for a free membership to strengthen your marketing knowledge, build your network, and connect with ambitious B2B tech marketers across the globe.